You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 134 of Push the Point, presented by the Mash Those Buttons Podcast Network, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more from season five of the Overwatch League. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for being here. Follow us on Twitter at pushpointpod, at Ramses underscore W, at Labosco. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Labosco, it's been a little bit. I think we had, we were off one week. Um, we're back again to cover weeks two and three. How are you feeling after after the past two weeks? I didn't. The streak doesn't end for me. I mean, I, I guess I feel good because, you know, I thought the streak was coming <laughs> to an end. And it turns out, no, no streak ending here. For It, it was so important to me. It was so important to me. He's a regular Cal Ripken. I was going to say the, Cal, the whole Cal Ripken where they basically put the game off because of a. Uh, uh, the power went out or whatever, right? Didn't they do that for Cal Ripken or something to keep his streak going? I think so. I remember they bent stuff a lot to make sure it would keep going. Yeah. The, the I, I'm happy it's going still, but uh, we get to talk about two weeks. So I'm excited. Uh, there were some really good games. Um, there was a lot of there was a lot of three Overwatch, though, too. So yeah. but but the, the games that we did have were really good. So so the couple games that that were were interesting, um, I think were really good and were also against like happened to be like some of the top like like it was top teams that were having close games. Right. Like like most of the most of the other teams, um, you know, we didn't have like any like close games between teams that are at the bottom. They were they were kind of mm-hmm. blowouts a little bit, too, in certain ways. So it, it was very interesting uh, two weeks that we get to cover. Uh, but I'm excited to cover cover it all, and uh, you know, I, I think we we both for the teams that we root for as fans, I think we we both have to be pretty happy with how things are right now. So, honestly, like we'll we'll go over my Houston woes in a little bit because it seems like another se- a Houston season, I guess. Mm-hmm. But for where stuff is, we're in a really interesting spot. The meta continues to develop. We finally get to see some of the APAC teams this last week. Um, let's get into it. Uh, in a second, we've got a couple pieces of news. I'm just catching up on some stuff. Um, the Vancouver Titans picked up Mirror. Um, might remember him from his time on the LA Gladiators, projectile DPS player, kind of a flex player as well, just in general. Um, played a little bit of Zarya for that team. Uh, you saw him, he got signed to Florida earlier in the offseason, but was let go. Um, later on, uh, the team is going in a different direction. Um, but Vancouver picks him up. Uh, he makes his debut, I think, last week against the Florida Mayhem. So, like, you kind of saw it as a little bit of a revenge game for him. Uh, but, I mean, in theory, uh, and then they got swept. Uh, also, I don't know, Lobo, I don't know if you're seeing the meme about it. Apparently, now, whenever somebody gets uh, 3-0'd, it's either 3-0'd or reverse swept. It's like a, it's called, like, a Morbius sweep. A Morbius sweep. Why is it? Oh, is it because of the movie Morbius? Yeah. And like there's a Morbius sweep. Let's see. <laughs> it was coming from like, I guess, like they're talking about how Morbius was going to sweep like all of like the um, the awards and like in all of like the box office numbers. And it just I think they already released it on streaming services, didn't they? 
Yeah. It's like terrible. I, I heard it's so bad. I'm, I I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, there's like a lot of weird stuff that happened with that too. So it's kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like super shocked by anything. But like, yeah, it was, <laughs> I think I remember seeing it because people saw like there was a picture of a space on a stream a couple weeks ago where like it was him like with like a Morbius like 7-Eleven cup. So we just kept putting like Morbius sweep like every time. My God. Um, memes are memes are a wild thing. Any rate, though, yeah, um, pretty rough game in his first one back. I think Mirror does OK, I guess, for what can be expected. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, Paris Eternal kind of off to a probably not the start they wanted. For this season, correct me if I'm wrong, have they won a game? Nope. Yet? They have not. Yeah. Uh, they are O and how many? They are O and five. They've only won two maps. Um, yeah. Paris well. has had a rough Paris has had a rough season so far. Um kind of what this kind of seems like a snap judgment, I guess. Uh, we're not in the room. We don't know, but we're just making our calls from the outside. Um they cut Naga who you remember is kind of a core guy for that team. Um, flex DPS player had a lot of really good moments last year playing the, the echo playing the forest specifically. And uh, he gets cut kind of out of nowhere. Um, the team brought in Wub, who Wub for those who might be familiar is a guy who's been a contenders veteran. I think for a contenders long time. NA specifically. He's been around for a very long time. Someone who we've heard about like getting shots before. I think there was rumors he was supposed to go to San Francisco Shock this year that didn't end up happening. Um, member of American Tornado, um, Revival Sky Foxes, Mayhem Academy, if you remember that name. I do. So I remember a lot of I, I definitely called a couple of games that he was in. Um, I think during maybe second wind or phase two time when they were getting into contenders, like I definitely called his name a decent amount in contenders trials. Like he, he was definitely always a really good DPS player. Um, he's played on some good teams. You know, he was part of that American tornado team that was really good in contenders. So like, this is a guy who's, who's deserving of his opportunity. And, um, it's great to see it finally happen for him. Uh, this roster feels like it should be a little bit better than it's been playing so far, but they have not been very good. But regardless of that, I think it was a good signing for Eternal. Um, I think it's a guy who can work well with the roster. Yeah, you got to wonder what's going on in that coaching room, because like I know we've had some there are some reservations people have had. I like J-Mac. I liked him for London. I liked his swagger. But um, I think there were some concerns people had going into this roster as far as how the communication was going to work, um, how information was going to flow. You don't really know what's going to go on. Um, we don't have a good insight to that, but it definitely seems like stuff is just not clicking. This team has. I don't know if you would. I don't know, Lobo, if you would say like that this team, I guess. Should have better results. I feel like they should be playing better against Florida and especially against Toronto. Um, but it's just not. They don't, it's it's not working right now. No, it it just kind of feels very fast too for J Mac to get this opportunity. But obviously, there's a lot of belief in J Mac. So, I mean, good for J Mac to ha to have this chance. But but yeah, I I I don't um I don't know how much I put on coaching though. I I don't 
sometimes it's hard to get a, a roster to gel the right way, especially when a lot of the game changes significantly from what it, they, you know, what it was doing previously. So I think it's hard to get a read. I think what's interesting too is like, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird because getting rid of Wubs, I'm sorry, not getting rid of, uh, getting rid of Naga so early feels like a really snap decision. Um, but we also don't like, know why they got rid of him. Yeah. On the surface, with no insight, it feels like an overreaction a little bit. Um, I'm not as familiar, but I like. I know looking at his Liquipedia, Wub does play a lot of projectile, but he kind of looks like he's just an overall flex. Like he plays your hit scans as well. Um, whereas Glister, Glister, I think, is mostly like. Since when is Doomfist one of Glister's uh, signature heroes? Um, yeah, it's just weird. I, I'm not a huge fan necessarily of getting rid of naga i think bringing on wub is one thing but who knows paris has been a team that's always so like publicly had budget stuff as part of their brand so like there's even a case where it could be like oh well, we need to bring somebody on but we can only like we only want to pay for having one more pl- like one player in the slots so we're not going to pay I, it's all conjecture on my part but just like there have been plenty of instances in my opinion of like paris not necessarily kind of dropping the ball here and there i feel like if that was the case the naga would have been gone at the beginning of the year though you know what i mean yeah i i, I don't I think, think it's, it's just that. i i don't i think it's a I snap i don't know i feel like if that's what if there was an issue with that he would have been gone at the beginning of the year i feel like for it for it for us to be three weeks in for us to be three weeks in and it's not and he's already getting cut it just feels like too soon but it's too hard. Like I said, we, we don't know, though. That's the problem. Like, there could have been something that arose in those couple of weeks that they're like, we can't keep this guy around. You know what I mean? But you never know. Um, mm. I'm not saying that's what happened either, though. But I don't know, it, it's, it's too easy to make some sort of a, a assumption of what it is. Um, but like, if Naga, like, like Naga is a talented player, then he should get picked up pretty quickly, right? Like, he shouldn't be somebody that stays a free agent for very long unless there is something that other teams know of too. And that we just don't know about, you know what I mean? Like we saw Mir get picked up and like Mir, Mir was not, didn't do anything particularly amazing last year. Right. Where you're like, man, Mir's going to get picked up fast after getting let go from Florida. Mm-hmm. But he did. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to speculate, but I, I think if, if there's, you know, if it wasn't anything major, Naga's probably going to get picked up here soon, would be my guess. Like, why wouldn't he be, right? Like, like he was a good player last year. I just wonder where he, like, who could use him, I guess, is my response. Uh, Vancouver. I don't know. That's could, my thing. Is I don't, could use I don't him. know if there's... Who could? Vancouver? Vancouver's a spot for everybody, though. Vancouver could use anybody that's decent. Oh, that's my point. <laughs> that's my point right? you're gonna start being, you're gonna start naga over shockwave though it's not about starting him over somebody but are you going to not add competition to your roster if you're already in a bad position like what has shockwave done so far this year where you're like oh yeah shockwave should be starting every single game for, for vancouver has has shockwave impressed you that much in previous experience yes however I, I, again you cannot use previous experience we're in a new game even though we're not we are uh, I don't know if I'm going to go that far to complete divorce it, but we got to go on to the next thing. Um, 
One more uh, pickup that I know you specifically would be pretty excited about, Lobosco. Um, We talked in the past about Chengdu Hunters kind of liquidating a bunch of their roster, um, not getting rid of Farway 1987, um, Aprita, and um, kind of really slimming down to just like a core, I think six or seven. Um, we got news that Farway was picked up actually before uh, the, I guess the first couple games of the APAC season um, picked up by the Guangzhou charge made his debut over the past week and looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally gets to be a main starter. Um, it's unfortunate that like Zenyatta isn't a, a like more important pick because you'd see him on that and then he'd really be thriving. Um, but he has a pretty darn good Anna as well. So it's really, uh, really was nice to get to see him play and, and really get to show off some of his ability. And Molly gets bench boyed once again. I mean, if you're Molly, though, it's like, how bad do you feel? Like, Molly still played. I, I think there was still some maps Molly played, right? Like, I think we still saw some of Molly, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember, but I'm more than willing to be wrong. And then, it, it you know, Molly is, was technically a Shanghai, you know, is, is a champion as well. So, like, how, how bad does Molly really feel? Uh, who knows? Uh, but yeah, far away, far away, far away. And then, unless he played against Valiant. I swear I remember seeing, and maybe it's my brain playing tricks on me too. Um, maybe he didn't get in and out of map. But yeah, no, what the website says, no, if the website says no, then my brain's not working properly, which is more li- than likely the right answer. So, um, but I think with just what you're seeing right now, you're seeing more of the double flex, uh, supports right now. Um, for the most part, even though Lucio is like super important. Um, but the, like the, the Lucio is like now whoever is your most talented player. And, you know, flex support tends to be that guy. So you're seeing a lot mm. of flex supports who normally didn't play Lucio playing Lucio right now. Some more than others. I mean, some I guess some performing better than others. Um, yeah, I know you have you have some teams like Lastro and Houston looks pretty good on it. Um, where I, and you compare it to like New York, where it seems like um, Gangnam Jin is kind of having a little bit tougher. Is it Gangnam Jin playing Lucio or is it Myeonbong playing Lucio? Well, I don't, I don't think Gangnam Jin is, I don't think either of them have really been, haven't they, they've been doing like the Anna and the Brig and stuff. Like they really haven't been doing the same sort of looks as other teams. I think they're, they're I know last, I feel like last week we did see them playing a little bit of Lucio. Maybe that was just the beginning of the, of the stage though. Yeah, but it's been Gangnam Jin then who's been playing it though. Um, because Myungbung, I think, has been like almost exclusively on Anna for the most part. Like, I don't think we've that we've seen Myungbung on anything else. Because I don't even think they because they haven't done any Baptiste. I don't think in their comps. Like, I think they've been very very consistent with doing like the, you know, Yaki on Tracer or Yaki on um, uh, Echo, pretty much almost the entire time. Hmm. We'll look into it. Um, let's get into the schedule from week two. I think it's about time. Yeah. Uh, so, um, kind of in a kind of a truncated week, a little bit with without any APAC games to kind of fill stuff in. Uh, Friday, 
we talked about this a little bit ahead of time. Florida Mayhem 3-0 Vancouver Titans. Not a close game. Um, you would like to see more competition from Vancouver, but Florida really just kind of pounded them into the dirt. Yeah, Dorado, at least there was a little bit of a fight put up by Vancouver, but the other two maps were were not as um, we're not super, super close. Like, I don't think Coliseo was very close. I think, you know. Oh, no, Coliseo was like a straight like Florida pretty much just sprinted the robot almost straight into the end point. Yeah. And, and then like th- they just didn't really finish it off super fast. They, but like when you push it that far in your first push, like good luck winning if you're the other team. Mm-hmm. Like You're almost you almost have no shot. Right. So I don't know. Like for me, this kind of feels like what I what I expected from Vancouver to have, especially when they go against one of the higher caliber teams in the Florida Mayhem. And it's starting to look like Florida might be a higher, um, you know, a little bit higher up than people thought. At uh, least than I thought. I know I had them towards like a lower end. Yeah, I, I think there's some people that have been surprised. Um I, I think I was a little bit less surprised than other people with where I had them. Um, mm. But I, I think they might be actually kind of where I have them is kind of where they are. So so like it kind of makes like, like I actually think I, I have them pegged pretty well because I had them right on the brink of maybe being a contender team. And that's kind of where it feels like they are right now. Yeah, I mean, you also got to look like we were talking about this before the show. I've been really impressed with someone their uh, main tank player. Lots of really good, like his Winston's been super fun to watch. Um, I know maybe Vancouver's probably not the best, like comparison as far as like adjacent talent, but like he's looked really good on a bunch in over the past couple weeks. Yeah. And then I've really liked the Hydron checkmate DPS line too. It's felt pretty solid. Checkmate now being full-time DPS. Oh, shocker is actually pretty good, right? Like we don't mm-hmm. see him playing tanks anymore or anything, and he's playing the role that he knows. And he's been he's been a nice little su- surprise, I guess, because you almost wonder why why they didn't like have him on DPS sooner. I guess if if you're thinking about Florida last year, um, Hydron it was a player that you kind of expected to be a pretty good DPS player. Um, I feel like it's hard to get a read on some of these guys because they're they're almost exclusively playing Soldier seventy six for some some DPS players on teams, so it's hard to like get like a really good grasp of everything I think right now um, with some, some guys because like it soldier's not soldier is um, soldier's just easy, right? Like I can play soldier. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, and be decently effective with that. I'm not saying that I'm like an overwatch caliber player, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's not a hard player to do things properly. So it, it's hard to get a read on some of these guys because we're seeing them almost exclusively play that. Um, but like Sir, Ma, uh, Sir Majed, though, I think he's been Sir Majed has looked really good. Yeah, Sir Majed has been great on the Anna. Um, I think he has been one of the better supports as far as rookie supports go. So it's been really cool to see how he's been playing and he's been pairing up pretty well with Anima. He's looked really good. Um Next game, San Francisco Shock 3-1 over Houston Outlaws. Um, kind of an interesting little mini match between uh, Merritt from Houston versus like Kilo and Proper from San Francisco. Um, San Francisco gets, I think, just kind of diffs them across most of the stuff. It really felt like this is, I think, the first instance we see from Houston over the, like, the past two weeks where like the Doomfist starts to look less omnipresent almost. It seems like there are maps where if it's where it's a good fit, like um, 
I also I almost call it metro station, like Midtown, where it it fits pretty well. And then there are some other maps where it just isn't it doesn't work in the same way. Houston just I think is not able to put it together for this. I I mean they started to go to some of the other stuff that you're seeing. I just think that San Francisco, I think they're the more talented team. Um, I think proper is going to be, you know, if we're doing early, if we're looking at early, like rookie of the year candidates, uh, alarm rookie of the year candidates, proper's maybe on the short list for early, early guys that you're looking at. Kaluj might be on mm-hmm. that list as well. Um, I think Hilo has been really good as well. Finn has been great. Um, Violet, Violet is amazing on Lucio. Like, like they've just found something that works really, really well for them right now. And other teams, I think, are just trying to catch up to to what they're they're doing is part of it. And um, they also have some intelligent swaps on other maps as well that they've been doing that have been working really well, too. So like they just seem to be a little bit ahead of the curve right now, which you kind of expect from from San Francisco. Um, they've really found a good group of talented guys, young, you know, not really young guys, but guys that are new to the league. So mm. they, they they have a, a very good group that they have developed and are uh, really the team. Honestly, right now, they're, they're the team that I'm paying the most attention to as far as like what they're doing. Yes, sir. Washington Justice 3-0 over the Atlanta Reign. Washington has been the most up and down team of the past two weeks. Uh, we'll talk about it near the end of the episode. Um, I think going into this game, I expected a pretty easy 3-0 route from Atlanta, to be honest. Maybe some pushback from Washington. And it's just kind of weird. It's just one of those games where like, I don't know. Atlanta just did not seem in it at all. Um, it, yeah, it felt like a bad. It felt like a bad game from Atlanta. Um, yeah, but it also felt like um, comp difference a little bit too, right? Like, like they were they were very heavy. You know, I think this entire series they played Hawk on the not not on the the Doomfist the entire time, but but they had Hawk in with like a lot of the off tank stuff. Um, they didn't really do any of the Winston. I think in this particular match where you saw a lot of mag playing Winston. Um, they, they did go to the Zarya, and I think that's where you started to see them have a little bit of success for Atlanta, but it was just like kind of too little, too late sort of a thing. So I think that that you you saw them sort of realize, okay, we got to recalibrate a little bit here with what we were doing. It's not working when we're going against better teams. So mm-hmm. I think this was a good – this ended up being a very good game for Atlanta to have when they did. Because I think it it it, um, it made them find other answers and other options for them to play as a team. Yeah, Washington again. Like this team has some really strong talent on it, so it's not surprising for them to have really good performances. One hundred percent. I think just the consistency is something that still really gets like really irks me a little bit. But with the amount of talent that is on this team, it should not be this back and forth sway. Um. We'll talk about it again later. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be. Um, but but like, you know, when Happy has the game and, and you don't have the Winston bubble that the like the Winston bubble, I don't think people realize how like big it is and how important it is, like in determining how things go in, in certain games. Um, like Winston's really important on a lot of maps. So there, there's mm-hmm. like stuff like that that kind of like makes a difference. And like when Happy pops off the way he does and this and, and Decay was able to really play effectively better than Nero on a lot of the maps too, right? Like, like there's definitely it definitely felt like there was a big difference in the DPS in this game. 
And that's not something you would normally think would happen when it's Kai and Nero on the other side. It just this game in particular kind of happened to go that way. Yeah. Um, London, we talked about consistency. London, it turns out, is really good. I guess London has, I think, figured out their best operating strategy, which is we're really good at rush. We know how to play the rush the best out of any team we've seen so far. We haven't seen a lot of teams play this comp yet. So, nope. And I guess part of it you can compare is like there's a chance that none of these other teams are scrimming against rush comps because like nobody else is playing it. So, mm-hmm. we're just going to rush and cram it down people's throats. And they take it, they take a win 3 1 over Boston Uprising. Uh, pretty strong game just overall for London. Um, Hottie looks really great. Sparker and Backbone have some really interesting points in there. Uh, the Backbone May is like really fun to watch. Like his. Um, but yeah, Boston just having a really hard time kind of staying up, staying alive in this one, even yeah. with striker and even with striker in for most of this match. It was one of those things. It was a little weird too. Cause like, um, you know, after the first map, you're like, Oh, Boston, they've got a good chance to win this series, you know, when you're watching it. And then they just couldn't handle what London was doing. Um, they didn't really. I mean, it's not like London ran the rush comp the entire time. Like they did run the the Winston comp. They kind of mirrored a little bit what they were doing. But I think that this is like where like some of the problems were coming in with Boston, where they kind of made some mistakes. Like they 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 were playing the Genji when you know the Tracer and the, the Soldier seems to just be a little bit more effective for teams right now. So there's like mm-hmm. some stuff like that that was happening with Boston in this series too, um, where I think they they hindered themselves more than uh than they needed to right because like genji's still kind of like okay if you're not getting value with blade then like the genji's still not doing a whole heck of a lot like you can do some but it's still it's still um there's still something lacking from genji sometimes so i i think that the tracer just seems to be more consistent um, and seems to to have better results and then like boston then eventually matches some stuff but then it's like too late so it was just, it, I don't know, Boston, things just feel a little bit weird with, with what yeah. was happening in this game in particular. Yeah, I agree. I'm over, um, I'm over the, the, a lot of, like, I don't know. I feel like there's a level of swapping that, like, you, I feel like we, I think we can, I don't know if we can definitively say you and I, but I feel pretty confident saying that, like, the consistency of having the same core roster in and switching out occasional people. I think has a lot more benefit than doing this, like switching out entire lines of people each game um, or I guess each map. And I think it's the carousel, the revolving door of players kind of moving in and out of lineup. I think at some point just prevents you from getting the consistency you need between communication, um, between strategy. I just I I would love to know what's going on, like in in the war room for this team. Well, right. And, and, And to I guess to that point, like we've already heard rumors that Marvell and Stryker potentially going to be dropped from the team or something like there's a lot of weird stuff going on with Boston and you have to wonder what's going on internally that's making this happen because maybe maybe that's part of why you're seeing these like full full um you know full swaps maybe there's a difference in opinion on what should be done right now in the mm-hmm. internally with the team right so maybe that's well, part and- of, of causing these problems Hi, like, and to be able to, like to speculate as well, like 
we have heard implications in the past that Stryker has a very specific way that he prefers to do stuff. So, like, there is, like, we don't know what the personality clash is like, but it wouldn't be surprising to hear about it necessarily. Yeah, and and if if that ends up, there's no doubt Stryker's probably the one of, if not the best Overwatch one player of all time, right? Like, there there's, you know, there's a debate. He's in it. Um, so, you know, he's talented, but just because you're talented doesn't mean that it's going to work properly um, and that, that it's going to be a fit for the team. So maybe there's something like that happening. Obviously, that's all speculation. But regardless of that, like part of like making a team work is figuring out how to get those personalities to work together. So mm-hmm. that's one of those things that you you hope Boston figures it out because like Marvell and, and, and Stryker are talented guys for sure. So you hope that they can because like there, there's definitely something there with this Boston roster. There really is like there, there, there is potential there. Yep. Um, Dallas fuel reverse sweep the, the LA gladiators to take back um, to win three, two um, pretty fun game to watch. Um, it's interesting. Just seeing like Coliseo and Walshfoot Gibraltar just seem like pretty strong wins. We're glad, but like Dallas able to kind of push and turn it back around. They go like their defense just gets so much better across like Eichenwald, Ilios, New Queen Street. Um, just such a big example of like how important momentum is. Feels like once like if you could just turn the tide of how a game feels, you have so much more power behind you. It also feels like they really committed to to just sticking with Hanbin on the Zarya and like playing around that Zarya comp. Um, yeah, I think maps helped make that a little bit possible, too. But like they, they started to to change up things a little bit and, and, and they really figured out like putting Sparkle back on the tracer, which is something we haven't seen in a little bit. But like people forget that he's a pretty darn good tracer. Um, letting Edison be the one to play the Reaper, I think, was a smart move, too. Um, I think Fielder just had a better week, too. Than he did week one. And I think that makes a big difference in everything, too. Um, but like you're seeing like teams kind of figure out like what works against certain tanks. Um, it seems like the, the Reaper is super good against like the Winston and the, the mm. Doomfist. Um, and then when you, you have the, the Zarya, you're seeing more of like the. Um, I forget I forget what exactly was the one for, for Zarya that I was seeing that seemed like that was like the choice for countering Zarya. I think it was like might have been the Tracer Soldier. I can't remember. I think that might have been it. Um But like you're you're seeing like the, the DPS line sort of be developed around how they can counter whatever the tank is for the other team in certain ways. So I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that's I think interesting to sort of pay attention to as we move forward, because I think that's something that's going to um continue to be a thing because there are multiple tanks that will work on like multiple maps. So when you're watching these games, I think that is something that we'll slowly be paying more and more attention to. I'm already seeing some of the trends. So that's why I wanted to mention it here because this is, I think, one of the places where we start to see it happen. Most definitely. Um, moving on, kind of rounding out the games. Um, New York Excelsior 3-1 over Vancouver. Um, pretty straightforward. Uh, Vancouver gets some licks in, but New York is able to take it. You still feel kind of bad for Yaki on this team, I think. 
I don't know. New York just seems in such a weird spot for me. This team should has talent to be better, but it just seems so messy. I mean, it's a lot of different guys put together for the first time, though, right? Like, we're not seeing a core roster of players that have been together for a little bit of time or anything like that. Um, I think if you give, you know, as we watch the season continue on, I think you'll see New York get better. I really do. I, I do think there's some pretty good talent here on this team. Um, you know, I've always liked Myung Bung. I've always liked Ganyam Jim as far as supports. I like Flora. I like Yaki. And Kellen's been playing really well. You know, we haven't really seen much of Vulcan. I don't, if anything, I don't even think we've seen Vulcan yet. So, but but what we're seeing from them, I do like of uh, NYXL. As far as like, for like not being fully there. Mm -hmm. And then... Houston Outlaws 3-2 over the Florida Mayhem. Uh, this game kind of stressed me out a little bit. Um, it felt like one of those ones where Houston just commits to playing one thing. Um, I don't know. The longer the Dante Doomfist goes on, the more I start to get like irritated with it because it feels so inflexible. Like When Dante's in there, and Dante's great at Doomfist, it just feels like you know exactly what's going to happen. You know what's coming. And... If you are have a plan for it, there's not much that Houston's able to do to pivot off of it. Well, I don't know. It's weird for me that like we've seen him exclusively play tank, basically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we haven't really seen him. It's been Marin and Pelican basically the entire time. If not, like has he even played any DPS games yet? Any maps where he's been DPS for Dante? No. No DPS for Dante. Like, like that's what's more weird for me than anything else, because I think Dante's your most talented player. So you want him out there almost every single map. Maybe not every map. I think that there are times where you'd rather have the Pelican Merit lineup. But like, I get it. You want him on Doomfist because he's just that good. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but are you going to? Is that the only champion or champion hero that you're going to have him play? Because like, you know, he can play Zarya. Like, you know, he can play some of these other tanks. Is he going to do it? Are you going to actually do that? Or are you going to exclusively keep doing this Doomfist only thing? I don't think they will. Um, mm. Especially like Zarya. We're seeing like the how Zarya can be really good. So I, I'm curious to see how they kind of change things because like Piggy was the one playing Zarya when they weren't playing with a Zarya. Um, so it, it's hard to know. But like. I think this kind of shows you where like, okay, this is where this is where we need to see Dallas as a staff, a coaching staff need to be better than they have been in the past, right? Like mm -hmm. these are these are where you need to see them making the right decisions, thinking about how they best utilize the roster they have. Yeah. Oh, you mean for Houston specifically? Yeah. We're starting to get the pig. Yeah. Piggy's starting to get dipped in a little bit, which is good. Always happy to see my boy. Um San Francisco Shock 3-1 over New York Excelsior. Pretty straightforward. Um, another 3-0 for Toronto Defiant over Paris Eternal. Toronto's looking pretty good. Um, I had kind of lower expectations almost for this team. And granted, they haven't played anybody like of higher composition, I think, except for Houston. But even then, like they've looked solid. They have won the games they've needed to um, pretty convincingly. Um, they do take a loss in this next week, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Kind of the big loss everybody had thoughts about was Philadelphia Fusion 3-0-ing the Shanghai Dragons on Friday morning. Um, people, I think, kind of got spooked a lot just from 
Shanghai literally being the best team in the world last year to all of a sudden getting 3-0'd in their first game back. Welcome to 5v5. Welcome to 5v5. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's an adjustment for every team. Right. Um, and I just think like, I don't know. I don't know why people didn't realize that like, Hey, you know, this Philadelphia fusion team has a lot of talent on it and Oh yeah. Carpe now has one, you know, can play the heroes that he's better at shocker that, that all of a sudden you have, okay, they finally have somebody to not have it where Carpe has to play Tracer, right? Like, that was huge. That, to me, was the biggest thing. Because I have never been a fan of uh, of Carpe's Tracer. I think he's better at everything else. Now you have somebody in Zest who plays the Tracer, while Carpe can play things that he's incredible at, like Soldier 76. It just it just makes too much sense. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know why people... I wasn't as shocked by this. I was more shocked that it was 3-0, I think was the more shocking part of it. But like, there's something to be said about, um, you know, championship hangovers. They happen. They definitely do. And they they do happen at the start of a season a lot more often than not. Yeah. I, to their credit, like like you were saying, Philadelphia looked really strong as well. MN3 mm-hmm. and Zest both have really good debuts. Um, getting Carpe off of the trace, I think, helps a ton. Yeah, I I definitely think so. So like, um, I don't even think we saw Carpe in their second game, but we'll talk about that later. Guangzhou charge three one over the LA Valiant. Um, LA get a little bit of get a couple licks in. Um, I think the main thing is Choi Se Wan looks really good on the Genji in this map. Uh, we talked about this a little bit that like they still the East seems to be a little bit further behind on the meta. Um, with a lot more Genji play. Um. And well, it's I not necessarily behind, have... but they're playing it differently. You know, they're more they're more in on the Genji. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of where stuff goes from here. Um, we got the choice. I want looks really good. Um, you kind of see them rotating in Rio and Krong both um, across a couple different maps. Valiant for all your waiting, Labosco, how does Valiant look? I guess just this week in general, because they play three games. Jeez. They looked all right. They, you know, they they weren't able to get any wins. But um, the the biggest thing that I'm seeing with them is like they they haven't. I don't know if they figured out exactly how they want to play. Um, like I think Dia looks good. Like I thought Dia. I mean, again, Soldier. I know hard to get hit, get get a good read on anybody when it comes to the Soldier stuff, but like. D was pretty good on the soldier, you know, got a good amount of kills. Um, Becky played pretty well at times. Um, I think Sasin was the only one that I was like, uh, there, there's maybe a little bit that I desired more there. Um, and then I, I wasn't the we saw a lot more Brigitte with like East teams. As well, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not a fan of the Brigitte. I, I wish we saw a little bit more Lucio on certain maps. Um, we saw a lot of switching back to the Brigitte by them and switching back and forth. Almost it feels like I wish they were a little bit more consistent with with what they were doing. Um, we even saw like a lot of Anna Mercy come into play later on, I think, in the week. Um, I, w- I would have preferred that even more than than like the Brigitte. Like, I'm, I'm just not a fan of the Brigitte right now. Um, 
I think it works a little bit different when you don't have like death balls to throw her. At, so and your team's not like super close together. I think she's a little bit harder to make work. Teams have been doing it anyways and making it work to some extent. But I, I'm just not the biggest fan of it. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Hangzhou Spark 3-1 over the Soul Dynasty. Hangzhou looking pretty good so far. Um, Alpha Yi looking super nasty on the DPS. Uh, Gushui kind of back in form on the main tank, which is good. Um, I don't like as a longtime fan of your boy Super Inch. How are you feeling so far with him on the main support? I thought Super Inch was really good. Um, I thought Super Inch played really well. Um, it was nice to see the spark kind of handle the dynasty the way they did in this first game, too. Um, but I think the dynasty are, are I think that they're, they're having just maybe a little bit of a slower start, sort of like Dallas did, because I think after this game, you sort of start to see them turn it up a little bit. Yeah, they do pull it up a little bit um, in their next game. We'll talk about soon. And they still want to map here. So, you know, like it's not like they were completely lost against the spark. Yeah, Soul, I think, I just don't, I wish they had one more, if they had somebody to take care of those off-tank heroes. Smurf has been okay. He's serviceable, but I feel like it is something that's going to become a sore spot for them as the weeks go on. I mean, but if they're playing, you know, they played Winston basically the entire time. They played some Zarya, but like, I don't know, Smurf's a pretty talented guy. I don't think it's anything that he can't pick up pretty quickly. I think it's just a matter of, you know, how much work, how much effort, how much time is he putting in on those other heroes that he doesn't know as well as like Winston and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be too worried about him just yet. All right. And then Washington Justice 3-1 over Paris Eternal. Uh, pretty straightforward. Florida Mayhem 3-0 over New York Excelsior. Uh, Dallas Fuel 3-0 over Toronto Defiant. Um, like you, we were talking about the beginning, kind of pretty not not too much back and forth for Friday at least. Yeah, this is this this week in particular. We saw a lot of the three Overwatch, um, which in this game in particular, I I thought it would be a little bit closer than it was with Toronto. Like like Dallas kind of run away with control, um, you know, Circuit Royale. Like Toronto doesn't even get the first point. It, it was it was um, there's a little bit more of a fight on King's Row, but like, you know, everybody knows King's Row, like you expect that to be a closer map. Um, you really saw, I think, Dallas figure out what exactly they wanted to do compositionally this week. Um, and they had a little bit, you know, I think Toronto is the better competition they had. Obviously, Paris is like, you know, at the bottom right now. So. This was sort of like a measuring stick game to see, okay, you know, how are they progressing here with, with some of the better teams? And they looked really, really good. I think Hanbin almost exclusively played the uh the Zarya the entire time. Um I think maybe Circuit Royale, they might have had a little bit of a switch, but I can't even remember if they did that or no, yeah, they did play a little bit of the Circuit Royale seems to be the one map where teams are are like playing Sigma. So they did do a little bit of that for Dallas. Um, and you got to see. I don't think Sparkle did Sparkle play at all in this game either. I think he played. Um, I don't think he played a map, maybe one. Like they didn't even have to. They didn't even play Sparkle at all in this game. No, it was just um, Doha for two maps and then Gurio for one. Yeah. And Gurio, Gurio was playing the 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 Widowmaker Widow. and it was pretty good. 
Like it, it was a nice little uh, showing from Gurio there, but like that they they're showing a couple different looks, but like the base of their look and kind of centering the team around Hanbin seems to be the way that they're going to be going forward for a lot of what they want to do. Obviously, Fearless is still going to be important on Winston maps and stuff like that, but like you're starting to see what they really want to do um, against particular teams and certain things that teams are going to throw at them. Looking as well. At um more APAC games, Chengdu Hunters 3-0 over the Guangzhou Charge. Um Chengdu looking good and their first kind of their first steps back on the stage. Um we've seen this roster a bunch. Jinmu, Leave, um, Gaga, Monk, Nisha. Um, we do get to see a little bit of Daisy, I think, when they get to some of the Octane heroes, but Chengdu looks pretty solid here. Um Shanghai looking better against Hangzhou Spark for their second game. Um this you is a saw a lot, lot more who are you in this game a lot I think, of on the Genji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was he was he hasn't he has not missed a beat on Genji. You know what I mean? Like Genji mm-hmm. being relevant in some way. And he just makes it work so well too. like how oh my God, it was just like it, and you understand why they they make the switch from Fleta to who are you on for, for all the Genji that they want to play. Because who are you is just better in every way. His blades are more effective. He doesn't need blades to get kills consistently. Like he is going if you're going to see them continue playing the Genji, I think you're going to see a lot more. Who are you for sure? And I think they even and this is something we haven't seen in a long time. But who are you? Tracer came out as well. Mm -hmm. And he was playing pretty good on the Tracer as well. So like they if who are you is starting to thrive like this, this is um, there's no comeback player of the year award, but like this could be the start of something for an award that we, you know, do on, on the podcast at the very least. Like this is an early candidate to be looking at if, if this is how the trend continues, if this one, you know, couple games here are any indicator. Yeah, he's looked really good so far. I would be happy to see him get some more time. So right, and, um, and um, lip is still nuts. Yes. How weird is it just to not have Fleta on there as like your go-to guy the whole time? I, Fleta wasn't the go-to guy last year, though. Like this was Lip's team last year, in my opinion. Um, and Fleta, you know, Fleta is still great, but it was it was it was Lip who was the guy. You know, that's why he's your MVP. You know, for the championship, right? Um. Lips the dude. He's he has become the dude for Shanghai. And I think as far as like his skill set, I think it just transitions so well into the 5v5 that it makes sense. And and again, you know, you think about aggression and stuff like that. That's who are you's MO. So it also makes sense that why you're starting to see some who are you again. Um, but you still did see Fleta on the most important map, map five. So it's not like it's not like he doesn't have a very important role on this team. I just think his skill set doesn't transition. Like he's still incredible, but like his skill set's a little bit different than than what you're seeing from both Lip and uh, Who Are You in a lot of instances. Uh, Shanghai. I'm sorry, we just talked about Shanghai. Uh, Seoul Dynasty three uh, two over LA Valiant. Uh, LA has played pr- pretty close across all three of their games this weekend. Yeah, um, Soul just really kind of is able to pull it out. Profit fits is has just that bit of a better day. Yeah, they but, pop um, off. I, yeah, still though, like 
I think lots of good things so far from LA Valiant. Yeah, this is not the this is not the LA Valiant of last year where they're basically getting three would the entire time. Like they're putting up a fight. And again, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to break through. But like if you were looking at like teams in the West, I think they're a lot better than a lot of the teams at the bottom of the West. You know, um, if they were in the West, they'd be like middle of the pack probably right now. They wouldn't be at the bottom like they are in the East. But um, they've got a there's opportunities for them on some of these maps that they've lost to win. Um, there's just some small things that need to change from them. And maybe they start turning these losses into wins. Mm. They definitely seem much more capable this time. Like as this is a team that I think actually will get some wins off of people. Unlike yeah. last year. And, and, and I think soul is it, this week in particular, or these, these, uh, these games in particular, you start to see them come into form too. Um, after that, you know, that tough game against the spark. So I think uh, Seoul's another team that's starting to be on the rise here as we start to get close to playoff time for this first tournament. All right. And then a couple more um, couple more for the Saturday games. Houston Outlaws 3-0 over London Spitfire. San Francisco Shock 3-2 over the LA Gladiators. Um, the win for, L- for San Francisco is not surprising, I would say, as far as like, this is San Francisco, I think, is very clearly establishing themselves as a top three team. I think if you're L.A., though, you're just still you're frustrated. that This is your second reverse sweep in a row to a team like that's also in the same league as you. Right. Yeah, it is frustrating for sure. But I think it's also um, you sort of saw it's not like the, the two maps that they won were like stomps or anything or like clear wins for L.A. Like it was hard fought the entire time. There there was like not a map that felt like super out of reach for either team, you know? Mm. So I, I think it was more of you saw San Francisco sort of adjust how they were playing and understanding what was happening on the other side from from the gladiators that made the difference more so than anything else, right? Like they, they made a couple different picks, like we saw them play a little bit of Ash, do some different things. Um, that seemed to make the difference in getting them over what was coming out from the side of the gladiators. And and, and there was a lot of mirroring in this game as well. But but again, adjustments and how they were playing these compositions seemed to be what made some of the differences, too. So. It, it's still again, it's still early, so you're, you're still seeing teams sort of figure things out. I'm not. 100% sold on like this is going to happen to you know we're going to see like the some of the things that we saw happen to to um the gladiators last year happening again this year i think that they they are still top three team in the west um it's them dallas and and feels like san francisco right now it feels like those are the top three so uh they can turn this around it's it's early it's super early all right um Toronto Defiant 3-1 over Boston Uprising. Um, like we said, Toronto just winning the games they need to win. Um, solid play. Uh, Guangzhou Charge falls 0-3-0 to the Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, Seoul Dynasty 3-0 over Chengdu Hunters. Hangzhou Spark 3-2 over LA Valiant. Again, Valiant playing close. They are going to get a win, I think, as long as they keep up this level of play. They will start getting wins, I think. Yeah. I don't know if I would say they're gonna like they're not gonna take over the division necessarily, 
I think that they will get a they are going to get a couple wins this season. But if you look at like who they were competing with as far as the standings, like uh Spark and Dynasty are two and three or tied for second right now, both of them. So they're they're competing with the teams that are above them um that you want to see them compete with. Uh it's weird to say that because it's like, man, there's a lot of talent in the East, it feels like, you know. Like Philly feels really good, Spark feels pretty good, Dynasty pretty good. Um, Chang Du's still pretty darn good, even though they don't have the same roster that that we thought they were going to have. Um, they still looked good. Like they still have important guys, like big name guys, in in areas that matter. Um, and then Shanghai, it's like, okay, where where are they going? I think the, the the game that's most disappointing for me was the fact that like they had a tough time against the Charge the way they did for the Valiant, because as far as like teams that are basically on the same level as them, it feels like that's the team. So I don't know. We'll see how how it continues to develop for the Valiant, but like they they shouldn't be winless this year, um, and they definitely have the chance to compete and at least be middle of the pack for the East. Like that that is definitely in the realm of possibility, not necessarily what's going to happen. Um, but like the Sparker are, are over overcoming things that that they need to early on here to keep themselves at the top. So this is a nice little bit of return return to form at least early on. Who knows if they'll be able to maintain this when they play some of the other teams that we still need to see them play. But uh, it's definitely a it's OK to be bullish on on um, the spark right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Atlanta rain wrapping it up. Atlanta rain 3-0 over Vancouver Titans. Dallas Fuel 3-0 over the Paris Eternal. Washington Justice uh, lose. Well, Boston Uprising finally get another win in here. A 3-1 over the Washington Justice. I know there was a lot of memes about um, Boston kind of oh, kind of with the huge upset, but I think you got to give so much of it to Punk. Um, I've seen a bunch of people just talking about like how important his Zarya play specifically was for this team and just getting this win. I think that was part of it. Um, I think their DPS line played really well, too. Um, I think that makes a difference as well. Like If you're competing with Decay and Happy, like you're doing something right. Like Victoria Valentine, I think played really, really well. Um, Crimson and Faith also played pretty good. Um, I think that's like the area where you expect them to match is the supports. Um, but but outperform Punk being able to outperform Mag. And again, this is this is another thing where you're kind of seeing okay, um, how how you play your DPS line versus the tanks that you're seeing. The tank, excuse me, you're seeing seems to make a little bit of a difference in how you can perform as a team. But obviously. Um, if you're able to compete with Decay and Happy on any day, you're doing something right. So I, I think that this could be a good sign for Boston. It's still early for all of these teams. That's like like why I don't get why people are like shocked that this happened. And like seems like they're calling doom and gloom for Washington already. It's it's one game. It's one game. Yeah. Like chill. Out. I think it's it's still just the frustration from like it's one game though. Consistency. It no, it's the consistency game. thing though. I've just like it feels like this team should be like t- they have flashes where they should be at like a higher level. So I understand why people. I'm not saying it's warranted, but I I can understand why there's like but that hard of a swing. But how many other teams do you say the same thing? Right? Like nobody expects Paris Eternal to not have a win right now. You know what I mean? Like like there's so many teams that we can say stuff like that for. So it's like it's one game. Relax. You know, I'm not like people need to chill out. <laughs> it, 
they they still they still have a very talented roster. There's still plenty of potential for them to grow, but also like this felt to me like Boston figured out something that maybe Washington didn't necessarily figure out already. So I think we're like a little bit too far, like thinking too far ahead for, for how like these teams are going to perform the rest of the year. Um, and that's not to say that Boston can't continue to go on and do well now, but again, it's so early on. Don't put too much weight into anything right now. Like the teams that should be concerned right now are like Paris and Vancouver, right? They don't have a win. They're not making it into this, this first tournament. Those are the teams that you have to to really think about what you're doing moving forward. For a team like Washington, like you're still middle of the road, you're still like in a position to to potentially be playing in the tournament. Like you're good. You 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 need to figure out things, but you're not like in desperation mode already. You haven't you haven't handcuffed yourself in the beginning like other teams have. So I I, I just the overreactions just get to me sometimes because it's like there's no need. But like nobody died on Washington or something like that's almost what it feels like when you're watching some of this stuff. And it just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Like, like, I don't know. It, it, it just it gets to me. It really gets to me. And it probably shouldn't, but it does. Also, really quickly mentioning Atlanta. Uh, you saw Gator the entire time against Vancouver. You also saw Venom play Tracer. Yeah. Um, alongside of Kai, I think that 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 could be something that they might end up continuing to do um, just because of what we're seeing sort of be the strengths right now of what works on um, as far as compositional. So I think there'll be times where like you'll see Hawk in, but I think that you might see this this look maybe get a little bit more um, playtime for Atlanta as well, um, especially with how well it worked. You know, granted, Vancouver, I know. Obviously, haven't won a game, whatever. But the fact that it works so well, I think is still like a good indicator for the rain. Yeah, I think so, too. Definitely a lot of flexibility with that roster. Yeah. And 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 again, we're in week three. We just finished the third week. Um, th- There's only a few teams that should be panicking right now. And it's the teams that haven't won a game in the West. You know, East, you're, you're still kind of probably feeling good about some things. But I think... uh it's been fun so far. Like, like I feel like, I don't know if numbers are up or not, but like this season has felt better than previous seasons. Oh, uh, it's almost there. I think like the numbers are slightly lower. Interesting. But yeah, taking a quick look at next week's schedule before uh, we get going for the day. Uh, Thursday, May 26th, uh, Philadelphia fusion, soul dynasty, um, Chengdu hunters versus Hangzhou spark. And Shanghai Dragons versus Guangzhou Charge. No, and then no Thursday North American games. Uh, Friday, Chengdu Hunters versus Philly Fusion. Guangzhou Charge, Seoul Dynasty. Shanghai Dragons versus LA Valiant. Uh, and then Gladiators versus Spitfire. New York Excelsior versus Toronto Defiant. Vancouver Titans versus San Francisco Shock. Saturday, um, Hangzhou Spark, Guangzhou Charge. Shanghai Dragons, Chengdu Hunters, LA Valiant, Philly Fusion. Um, Atlanta Rain, London Spitfire, Paris Eternal, Houston Outlaws, and Florida Mayhem, Washington Justice. Rounding stuff out on Sunday, uh, we got Chengdu Hunters, LA Valiant, Philly Fusion, Hangzhou Spark. I think I already played Soul Dynasty versus Shanghai Dragons, Boston Uprising versus Dallas Fuel, LA Gladiators versus Atlanta Rain. Um, 
is it me or is the schedule laid out just kind of weirdly? Maybe I'm no. be a little bit wrong. It's laid out normally. I mean, you have the encore games where you expect them to be um, at the beginning of the the start of the Western games. Um, it, there's just there. I think you were thrown off because you had the the whole Thursday being all APAC and no Western teams. I think that just kind of throws things off and makes it look a little weird because you have three encore games in a row is they're just being played there in the, you know, the primetime slots, I guess you could call them for the Western games. Um, when normally you have like Thursday games for the West, you just don't have that. This, you know, they're, they're it seems like they're kind of staggering out, you know, West was first few weeks and then they they taper off towards the end before the tournament starts. And then the East is kind of really now picking up steam for the last couple of weeks of the play in games. Um, Cause like, as far as like the schedule itself, like all the interesting games for the most part are are the East games. Like all the East games are like really interesting um, because you, you still don't know yet what Valiant are. You don't know what the charge are. Um, you really want to see what Shanghai is going to be able to do against some of these other teams. So you want to see if they're, they really are bouncing back um, after getting another week. Uh, Philly and Seoul, I think, it, it, you know, it's a fight for the top. So that one's important. And then you want to see if, if the Spark can continue on and stay one of those top teams as well. So I think those games, to me, appeal to me the most, um, especially, you know, Philly Spark, Seoul, Shanghai, Seoul, all the Seoul games, all the Philly games, like all those games, basically. Um, for the West, though, there are a couple of games that I'm interested in, like New York, Toronto. Like, where are these two teams? Like, who's, you know, they're middle of the pack, both of them, but but is Toronto better than New York or not? Uh, that's one that I'm really curious to know to sort of get like kind of a better feeling of how, how the West looks, um, Florida, Washington, Washington, are they going to bounce back or is the, all the doom and gloom going to be, I guess, continue? Are the doomers going to be happy with more doom? Mm-hmm. Um, Boston, Dallas, I think is intriguing a little bit, but I think the, the end game Atlanta gladiators is, is like the best West game that we have this week. Or most stakes, at least, you know, most interesting from a storyline perspective. Yeah, I think so. But I I, I think this is going to be one of my favorite weeks so far because we just get so many East games and. And the East just feels so much more up in the air than the West, like for at least for me, right? Like like the West is kind of playing out how I saw the West was going to play out in a lot of ways other than like Paris being just terrible. So so like I'm not as surprised by what I'm seeing there as for what. What we're seeing in the East that that is that was more of a you know a crapshoot to me than than the West was as far as like looking at things going into the season. It'll be interesting to see. I know, like it does feel like West is kind of settling a little bit while the while APAC almost catches up as far as like getting yeah. like interesting matchups. Yeah, that's part of it. But I also just think this was going to be the way the East was even if they started in week one. You know what I mean? Um, it, it kind of just felt that way anyways. So that's why I'm excited for this week of East. It'll be fun to watch, but sure. that'll do it for us today for um, episode 134, Push the Point. Uh, thanks for hanging. I know I checked around. I haven't found any um, ABK news uh, to cover for the past couple of weeks, but if he does pop up, we will send it your way. Um, if you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whichever you like to use. Makes it easier for people to find us and for people just to get in touch with us um, 
for us to learn what we for us to learn what you guys like about the show, uh, what we can make better. And it just makes it easier for people to discover us. Yep. And and just to add on to that, since you were talking about a better ABK, um, the one of the best ways to keep up to date, obviously, you know, if you listen to us, we're going to keep you up to date as much as we can. But follow the Twitter at a better ABK because that's where where you'll see a lot of information because that that is the employees of Activision Blizzard King um, that that run. That. So that that is a very good source that if you're not following it on Twitter, you you should be um, to try and keep up with things. So be sure to do that, but also be sure to, you know, join us on the discord because, you know, we'll, we'll talk about things there and play some games and do whatever. And you'll also hear about a lot of the other shows that are on this network, which you'll be able to hear about right after this show is done. So join us there on discord.me slash mash those buttons, patreon.com slash mash those buttons for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the network. Um, that, that has been getting an overhaul. I don't know if that's completed yet or not, but I know that is something that has been changing. So check that out. Um, support the network. It's awesome. Jaws. Awesome. Um, at push point POD to follow us on Twitter, push the point at gmail.com to email us. If that is what you're so inclined to do. Yep. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow Labosco at Labosco and you can follow me at ramsey's underscore w and that's gonna be it for episode 134 of push the point thanks for hanging uh we will see you guys soon um hopefully here for next week i know i actually after not being able to get off of work for a long time finally taking some time off so we have to figure out how we're gonna we will figure out what's going on for next week and you'll hear about it on our twitter push point pod um but thanks for hanging out we appreciate you and we will see you soon Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 